Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show's Stefan Devereaux Celebrity Segment. Next time, welcome to the program. Stefan Devereaux. Stefan, how are you, man? We're back. Another week. Another, Another week. episode. I know. I'm like it's so excited. Because always with music. Yes, and we've been getting a great response. Music. We've been getting a great response. Uh, great. You know, these past few episodes, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud and thank you, Neil. You're the man. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, so we continue that process with our guest today. Introduce him. Yes. Uh, here to talk about his new single, uh, Billionaire Like Kanye West. And we're going to get into that uh, because th- the name is brilliant. Uh, Billionaire Like Kanye West, my man, Onk Six. Onk Six, I want to thank you for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me, Stefan and Neil. I really appreciate you guys having me on and uh, talk about the music. Well, exactly. we appreciate you being so, here. So take them back, Stefan. Just go ahead and take it back. You know okay, well, I, I, I'm just going to go. To, I'm going directly to the elephant in the room. Like uh, <laughs> Billionaire Like Kanye West, what gave you the idea for that song? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, Billionaire like Kanye West uh, was initially uh, when Kanye West was asking Forbes to recognize him as a billionaire. So initially, uh, the thought was, hey, you know, I'll do a song about him being a billionaire and kind of boost him up a little bit on his claim to be a billionaire. You know, because some of these people, you know, they might have 500 million or, you know, 700 million. And to the average guy, over a hundred millions of billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the initial genesis of the song. Now, did you write and produce the song as well? I mean, you because you're performing the song as well with uh, Joel Kibble. Am I correct? Yes, ten-time Grammy winner Joel yes. Kibble. I just talked to him. We're working on a new song, a uh, new dance song together. He's traveling. But uh, yeah, he won ten time. He won ten Grammy awards for uh, working with the group Take Six, yes. which is an acapella group. So he's on uh, this this track, and also I have a mantra, uh, mantra produced for Will Smith, for Future, Rihanna. He's a multi platinum producer. So um, mantra, you know, had the genesis as far as uh, the sound of it. And uh, and then, you know, I wrote the lyrics and then the vocals, arranged the vocals and then rapped on it. So I got it. I'm sorry. No, I just was saying basically that process of putting all together. It's a challenge, right? To get all of that together, working with a team to get that song out. Right. It is because, you know, Neil, I've done songs in the past. Uh, just to give you a little bit about my history, I used to be in the studios years ago with L.A. Reed and Babyface before they were famous and uh, groups called Midnight Star and The Deal. And so that process, we were all in one studio and you could hear somebody sound. I'll never forget L.A. Reed, loved my drum beat so bad. One time he took me into one of his studios and, and we went over some of the stuff he was doing. But in this new modern process, the producer might be in Los Angeles, a singer, might be in Philadelphia. You know, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, hence my Go Buckeyes hat. So, you know, we're all over the place, but the technology allows you to do it. And so, yeah, it's a heck of a coordination, Neil. You're exactly right. And we'll break it, we'll break that down more, but I know Stefan has another question. Well, no, I was just saying, because I, I, I want to piggyback off of that. I know that process. It has to be tough, really, because especially a guy, uh, we would call you a studio rat, you know, a studio yep. rat who sat there for years and exactly. he was able to watch the, the tapes being cut piece by and being pieced together. And now it's being edited through a computer call or a software called Pro Tools now. I mean, it's, how does that, how does that make you feel like as a person who, who's been in the trenches because now you're not really in the trenches anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Actually, it's kind of wild to see how, you know, almost like you want to, I want to say easy it is now because back in the day, you know, if you made a mistake, you had to rewind the tape. I was there. I don't want to tell my age, but I am when the reel to reel in the studio. (laughs) So if you made a mistake, you literally sometimes had to get out a razor and splice things and, you know, it was insane. And I'm glad I saw that. But, you know, today, yes, you're right. You get on the Ableton Live or the Pro Tools. You get out one of these uh, software programs 
and you're zipping files, you know, MP4s all over the place. So it's a totally different process than uh, back in the day when you all had to be in the studio at the same time. Yeah. Well, and see, that's crazy because of COVID that you can get away with that now. So you could be in different places and record. That's not, that's not so you can do that. Bingo. Actually, it set us up for COVID because you're exactly right. We, we uh, were already doing this when COVID hit. Really nothing changed much because we're already doing that, Neil. We're already, you know, sending files to each other and collaborating, you know, and you worry, though, you do worry that you miss being a creator, you know, not just a singer or a rapper or a performer, but being a creator. Sometimes in the studio, uh, you know, you're with the other guys and you hit on something or somebody hits on something, man, that's a hit, you know, you don't have that kind of collaboration anymore because you're in, you know, like I said, somebody's in Seattle, somebody's in Cali. So that's, you know, it's a little different. It, that, that's one of the weaknesses, I think, of it. Now, I don't want to go off on a subject of music too much, but is it true that you released a book recently? Yeah, actually, um, well, it wasn't recently. Actually, we need to do the re the remix, but I released a book, thanks for asking, with James Buster Douglas, a former world heavyweight champ. Oh, wow. I love to cook. And, uh, you know, Buster and I talked about it. We did a book called Buster's Backyard Barbecue, Knockout Diabetes Diet. And uh, Oprah loved it. it. The funny thing is, my, my degree's in journalism. And so I have experience writing, but I'd never written a book, you know? And so writing a book's a little different and putting it together is different. But one of the things I felt like is if we just give the information. So we told Buster's life story, how he nearly died. He was a diabetic after fighting Mike Tyson, over eight, became an alcoholic. Near, nearly died, was in a coma for four days. And then we told my story. My father was a diabetic who worked in the hospitals, but didn't take care of himself. So, and then we gave 25 recipes, our favorite recipes. And one uh, I created called the, bar the barbecue sauce. And uh, everybody loved it. Everybody, Jack Nicholas, they wanted to put it at Muirfield everybody loved our barbecue sauce so people always ask me you know hey will you make that barbecue sauce for us will you make that buster's backyard barbecue and uh oprah liked it put it on her favorite things on her website and it was there for three years on her website wow that's yeah. incredible yeah that's it was incredible. pretty cool how many years ago was that book so the initial book was released 10 years ago uh, I think it ceased being on Oprah about five years ago, about the time she left network and went to her own network. Uh, that's about the time they pulled it off, but it was out there for at least three years. Wow. Yes. Um, Mr. Neil, he, uh, he interviews tons of authors. So I, I thought that that should have been a question more for him. So I'm sorry, Neil. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. That's okay. That no, that's fine. Just keep going. <laughs> but, um, oh, cool. Cool. yeah, he's a, yeah. Yeah, he interviews tons of authors. But okay, so uh, your pro okay, so your process from writing, writing a song and actually writing a book, like you gotta, I, I want to know because I've never uh, written a book. I've done some songs, but I've never written a book. Uh, did you look at the challenge and say I can take this thing going and I can do it? You know, when you went to write a book, or did you say, well, since you are a songwriter and you had that that history of writing songs, did you say I could look at this, taking it? Uh, like writing an album, chapter by chapter. I mean, what was your process for writing that book? Did you use? Oh, thanks for asking. Challenge? Yeah, no, that's great, great question. Uh, so it's actually a little, it's similar, but it's a little bit different. Um, so that's an excellent question. Uh, you know, my degrees in writing journalism, as I said, and so that's why I wasn't afraid to write the book. Uh, but I later learned, you know, the formatting for a book and everything's a little bit different. My book is not, uh, when you see our book, it's not, you know, um, Shakespeare. You know, it's, it's uh, telling the story, short stories about what we did. And, uh, you know, and then again, the recipes. And so the new version, which we are doing a new version. So definitely need to talk to you, Neil. We're going to update 
from, you know, all of the things that we did with the book, all of the people that we met, you know, Bill and Juliana Rancic, and we had a, a, a cooking thing with them, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the whole nine, all these people that loved our cooking. We're going to put that in the new book and say, hey, you know, we're at ESPN and Mark Schlereth, you know, four-time Super Bowl winner, runs up to us and is like, wow, this is good because everybody's talking about how you eat, what you eat these days. But anyway, back to the book process is, uh, again, I'd never written a book, but I figured if we just told those stories first. So writing the book, um, I suggest if you're out there and you're wanting to write a book, look at books that you you like look at books you like a look at the formatting would you agree neil yes definitely you want to pattern certain things to see well how can i differentiate it but I'll, how can i make sure it's as good or even to make it better looking at what's out there and how can you differentiate to make it even better exactly same you know i would say the same thing is just you know neil hit the nail on the head you know, don't don't recreate the wheel. I'm always for that. In my music, I started writing music before my brothers. My brothers were incredible musicians in the 70s. They opened up for the Jackson Five, Fifth Dimensions, The Whispers. So I've always been around entertainment. I was a little kid. And uh, again, showing my age. I remember my brother playing on the stage with Marilyn McCoo. He was 15 years old. Wow. And he was playing it's on Marilyn <laughs> with Billy Davis Jr. Yeah, yeah but he, and he did a drum roll and drum rolled his sticks over her head. And she just thought that was the coolest, slickest thing. You know, he did a drum roll and rolled off the drums onto the stage and kept the beat the whole time. Drum rolled over her head and back. This is, I think, at the Ohio State Fair. But uh, anyway, um, I started writing before my brothers because I listened to what I like. And I said, let me make something, you know, the patterns. There's patterns in music, there's patterns in television, there's patterns in book writing. And if you can learn those patterns of what you like, like Neil said, and then differentiate, put your own imagination into it using that pattern. Don't recreate the wheel. No, that reminds me of, <laughs> it's funny you said that. That's actually how I learned how to write songs. Um, I used to look at the credits or the lyrics and the album covers. And right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm showing my age to album covers, but I used to, I used to read the lyrics and I would write it down on one piece of paper and then I would go and I would study it and write like each line and write each line in my own lane, my own form, my own taste. So I, I totally understand that process. That's funny that you mentioned that you said that. Wow. But Oof, man, Neil, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. So looking at, you know, we still are talking about the song that's out now. Uh, yeah. What, so you got the process together, but tell us about the song now. You thought of it, Kanye, you wanted the millionaire like Kanye. The How millionaire like Kanye West. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, billionaire. Don't don't downgrade him. Who's likely to get Oh, that? he's a millionaire now because Trump <laughs> lost. No. He's <laughs> so mad. <laughs> No, so uh, we, um, I looked at that, and then, honestly, the uh, George Floyd thing happened, and I just thought, man, I have to mention some of that in the song, so it got a little deeper, you know, I thought, I can't be out here and release a song that was Pollyannish, you know, hey, you're a billionaire, hey, it's cool, I mean, today you could do that, but at that point in time, it was an inflection point in our whole society. You know, every time you go to a church, you had Pastor Parsley, you had everybody talking about it, um, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, Ken Copeland, everybody was talking about it. So it's an inflection point in our society. And so it's something that you can't not talk about. See what I'm saying? So it's something I had to mention. So I changed some of the lines in the song and then got it ready and we released it and uh, had 80 radio stations worldwide. A lot of Christian stations picked it up, which I thought was interesting because the song is billionaire like Kanye West, but it's really not bragging or saying, 
you know, I think they got it. It's like, not, I'm not saying, Bill, you, I took that braggadocious fun element and, you know, toned it way down to where I'm saying, hey, that you know, yeah, you want to be a billionaire. You want to be great. I want to be strong, but I'm also relevant in our Christian society. You know, I'm looking at how people are viewing, you know, things going around them. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was uh, really, this, this song, I had a comedy rap song years ago and it got, it went to number five on Sirius XM. But uh, I was impressed or surprised at how quickly radio stations picked this up worldwide and a lot of Christian stations. Well, you think about it uh, today, Kanye West, he's pretty much doing a lot of, uh, I guess, gospel music now. That's right. So I guess, you know, when people hear billionaire like Kanye West, and then you also add Joel Kibble to the song, who has, you know, his name is out there in a gospel take community. Six. So take six, you know, um, I mean, I guess that kind of helps too. Um, so, I mean, you were surprised, but here's my question. Now, have you ever met Kanye West? No, I, you know, what's funny is I've never met him. I know people who know him recently about three weeks ago, maybe more, don't get me lying, but, uh, it's, I think it was in January, might've been the end of December, but anyway, um, the president of his record label, uh, the rapper Pusha T and uh steven uh i can't think of his last name ah just slipped me i'll think of it <laughs> but they had a uh a chat on um on spotify's rap channel and they had me on the chat oh, so awesome. I, I, yeah i yeah. talked about billionaire like kanye west we talked about pop smoke who's a rapper who was killed recently yeah, unfortunately yeah yeah, so we talked about Pop Smoke, and then we talked about billionaire like Kanye West. So I would hope that he's aware of the song. I did reach out to his press people, and, you know, I know he's going through a lot right now. So, yeah. you know, I'm just not sure uh, if he's, you know, really listened to it. You know what I mean? But I, I would think that, you know, the press push a T would have said, hey, man. You know, we we're talking about this record today on the Spotify uh, official Spotify chat. I wouldn't be shocked if he, uh, if a couple months from now you hear that Kanye West has sampled the song. <laughs> he got you coming in. You're doing a hook. I mean, because you know he's done this. You know, before. I mean, uh, I think the rapper designer. You know, he Kanye said, "Well, I could take the beat, or you could be on the song." And the kid decided, "Well, I'll just be on the song." So, you know, at least I, I think that's how the story went. You know, but yeah. you, would you be willing to work with Kanye if, it, uh, if the opportunity came up? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially if it's about this song, most definitely. But yeah, I'd be willing to work with Kanye. Uh, you know, he's an incredibly creative person. He's just, uh, you know, dealing with some stuff right now, but I'd love to. Yeah. 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 So let's talk a little bit about, so what's next? You talked about this song. What's next for you? Uh, so thanks. Uh, the next thing is my song called, uh, now this is a fun song. It's all about, uh, Friday. Thank God it's Friday. So it's thank God it's Friday. And, uh, Joel's on it. Uh, he's singing on this song again. I've welcomed you guys. If you want to be on it, I need some background. I need some people to say, yay on it so there you I'm go on, you. you're in it uh, i'm in it too i'll be in it too. <laughs> yeah just yeah it's gonna be so it's i'll give you a little it's a whistle oh no i can't do the whistle <laughs> i can't even do the singing but i'll i'll give you a it's thank god it's friday yay you know I like so that. i don't want to like kill that. <laughs> that's why i have joel on it <laughs> i like that i really do i really i really like that so like yeah, okay. I'd love to have you guys on it. I, I would love perfect. To be on we're in it, and then we'll have to have you back on with Joel to talk about it. No, I want to. I want to have him back on so we can talk about this book because I'm greedy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and if it's going to be healthy, then I'm all for it. Because tonight for dinner, I'm going to. Is Buster going to be involved so. in this one? The re right? You and Buster. You know, I don't know. We talked about it. He actually asked me last year. I had too many projects going on because he was doing his uh, 30th anniversary year last year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he talked to me about it. I just felt like between my projects and his, it would have been rushed. It would have been the perfect 10th year anniversary, you know, remake. I need to interview Buster for one reason, because I'm going to have Riddick Bowe on soon too. So I think it's starting. <laughs> oh, sweet. And then I'm hoping for uh, also working on just a couple other boxers. So yeah, that's, that's definitely. I'll fun. get you. Uh, I'll introduce you to Buster him. Awesome. And uh, right now him and his son have this uh, a shirt t-shirt line they're rolling out. So I'll introduce you to him. Perfect. Great. That's always what it's all about networking, Stefan, you know, and that's the, the whole thing is it's all about networking and, and really trying to help each other. I think the collaboration works so much better when you do interviews, than you go on this one app I'm just addicted to, but we fight too much. We have to learn to get along. I was told that I was being too, uh, trying to run it professionally they wanted to just have conversations and that's club oh you're talking about clubhouse neil oh, you're not supposed 545 neil, followers neil, we're gonna have to talk about clubhouse when we get off because i'm gonna have to teach you how to uh, deal with clubhouse i know i mean that's because I, I basically somebody told me you're you're too much of a bulldog tony wouldn't you want <laughs> if you were running and you're a nobody you know, a nobody, Stefan. And wouldn't yeah. you say, would you tell somebody who's a somebody that, you know, the reason why your one your, your room went over a bunch of people is because Glenn Moshire from 24 was friends with caregiver Dave Nassandi and Dave pinged him in. And it was because I was following Dave and Dave was my client. <laughs> Glenn Moshire came in and that's why oh, we're yeah. blowing it up now. And you're going to be telling me to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, tell them it's not a good idea if you go and network with somebody and then you then you just you squash them. It's like uh, no, it's story. not. True, you know, you hear a true story. Yeah, I'm gonna hear. You wanna hear a true story on that? Of course. Uh, L.A. and Babyface. Uh, years ago, they were with the deal, and uh, I got fun a couple funny stories. Do they know me like that? Nah, they don't know. I mean, this has been you know 20, 30 years ago. So, but I had a record. I had a quote-unquote uh, local mini hit you know it was a regional hit record it's called dirty blue jeans you could find that out there but anyway um they had a record called body talk and um we their manager used to manage my brother so we all had the same group of management and the whole nine they asked me do you want to be a roadie either for keyboards or drum and that would have meant for la or babyface i could have been their roadie starting out that's nah, I'm as big as those guys. I got me a regional hit. Oh my God. I was on the cover of the local newspaper, you know? Oh. So I went out to LA one time and I see this billboard and it says the deal on sunset, you know? And I'm like, oh man. Then I realized how stupid I hit my ego. Exactly. Our egos were younger compared to now is big thing. So Stefan, what, last question you have for tony well no I, 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 let me add this uh the deal yeah um yeah sorry tony uh they went on let's, let's, you know they went on to have i only think of you on two occasions baby right. face and, to, <laughs> and, and la reed went on to start la face become to two of the biggest producers of all time yeah i'm sorry man i'm sorry <laughs> Bad choice. <laughs> yeah i'm sorry but you know what though you know what though that's something that you know, you can tell people because I'm going to tell people that story, and I hope it's people true. learn because exactly. especially you never know, you just never know, you never know. But, but, uh, but I, I listened to him completely and said, "Sure, next time I go in that room, I'll just chill out." And you know, I'm just trying to come up with great conversations. But if people are complaining about me outside the in the hallway, I'm going to say, "Okay." If they're complaining about me outside the hallway, I'll make sure that I I behave. Please. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Stefan, what last question you have for time? Yes, where can we find you on social media, man? Because I know uh, these people are going to, well, we're going to play the song during the show, but we know people are going to uh, want to find out where to find you. Yeah, he's oh, going to hit us you. up, and you got to, oh, you'll be working with my team to make sure we get the rights to have your song and utilize it and, if, and play it uh, during the, the, the show, during the show and for the teasers. But yeah, where can we oh, find you? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, so Unk Six Music at Instagram and Un Unk Six Music at Facebook and uh, same on Unk Six Music on TikTok. Those are the primary. Oh, easy. Uh, okay, easy. Okay. Follow easy. me on TikTok, Neil Haley Official on TikTok. Neil, 
I'll join you there. Some of the work my team's trying to do. It's funny. I, I we interviewed Suki last week, and I tried to put it up on TikTok, and they went and it slowed down the song. I don't know why that happened. Maybe because they thought it was not my. But I I got permission to utilize the B roll. Interesting. It's weird, Stefan. I try uploading it, won't work. It works on the other platforms. Well, that's not good. Neil, oh. you know, that's happened to me before, and I've had to contact uh, my distributor, Sony, and I've had to contact them before. They've taken down my stuff, you know, and said, oh, TikTok, oh hey, you know, you TikTok gotta... because they thought, is that why they slowed it down so much? It could be. I mean, YouTube's taking me down, Instagram's taking me down, Facebook. I mean, they've all taken me down before, and it's like, this is my song. So I have to get oh, with Sony and say, hey, guys. Can you uh, please uh, let my music on my own on my own page? You right, know? So, so, so I'll hit you up we'll, when your next book's out. We'll try to network, see how we can help each other out. And I, I'd really like to interview Buster Douglas. And I know you would do, too, Stefan. We'll have a son on too. So that's perfect to kind of put the tandem together. And then uh, once the song, and we're, on, we're in a song now, right? So when yeah, you're I, yeah, it, yeah, I was about to say, I need, I, I need to find out when this song, when we could do this song, you know? Yeah, you let us know <laughs> when we need to be part of that recording. We're on. Yes, Will. Yeah, All next right. week. And uh, I'm just going to have you guys do some yes. So I'll, I'll get it ready for you for next week. All right, yeah, Perfect. you let us know. Okay, man? Fantastic. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Hey, thank you so much. Thank you Six. I want to thank you for joining us. And that was Thanks, the Stephon Devereux. Thanks, Neil. Celebrity segment. Take care, guys. Thank you. Take care. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Mark Hayden. Dr. Mark, uh, this topic's interesting, as you have uh, on the screen, measles. So today's topic be, what does measles teach us about SARS-CoV-2? How are you, Dr. Mark? I'm feeling great. How are you doing? Good, good, good. So, Greg, right off the bat, can you... Um, Dr. Hayden inhale SARS-CoV-2 if Dr. Hayden had mucosal lung immunity? Actually, I can. Now, number one, if you don't have immunity and you inhale SARS-CoV-2 down into your deep lungs, you may get the COVID comp pulmonary complications and you may wind up in ICU or, you know, at the funeral home. But um, because I have intestinal immunity, intestinally derived immunity. I, I inhale it every chance I get. I don't have to be afraid of it. I see patients that are in active phase without a mask. Uh, I believe in intestinal immunity far more than any of the big pharma people believe in their vaccines. You don't see any of the, the big executives inhaling vaccines. I mean, inhaling live virus. They're all afraid they're going to die because they don't consider that to absolutely protect their lungs. And uh, at the same time, because I have antibodies in my lungs, they will attach to any of the virus, SARS-CoV-2 virus that I inhale. So literally, I can have somebody inhale in my face, and I'm not going to be spreading it to anybody. The, the, the modern vaccines, they can't claim that. They can't demonstrate that. 
Okay, so it's not that I'm a genius. These are things that if you study the material and you understand that there's a difference between intestinal derived immunity and intramuscular immunity, that you will begin to begin to grasp how you can inoculate yourself and you can call your government and ask them to get on uh, oral agents instead of stuff we shoot in our arms. Okay, so um, now ask me another question. Does Dr. Hayden spread SARS after he inhales it? Can Absolutely. Dr. Hayden eat SARS? No. Okay, so, so, no. Yeah, let me tell you, when, let's say you, if you breathe it in my face, some of it gets in my mouth and I swallow it. That doesn't bother me at all. I don't spit on people. I don't cough on people. So it, my saliva doesn't come out in Cogram. Uh, but they don't, the only way SARS is really spread is really from the exhalation of charged virus. And on my antivirus air website, I go into that. Uh, I think we need to understand, and I don't know whether I've ever discussed this, uh, the, the government is not real into you understanding how to disseminate and spread potentially fatal pathogens. Okay, they don't want you to be able to spread anthrax and weaponize anthrax. You know, the reality is though, anthrax was never all that good at, at killing a bunch of people. There's never been thousands or tens of thousands of people killed. And all that excuse about not ed educating the public is really about, oh, we wanna protect the public from dangerous knowledge that they might use to hurt other people. The reality is, is that, you know, unless you're talking about VX gas, which is already a gas, or you're talking about mustard gas, which is, which is a very dangerous gas, biological agents are just difficult to spread. We've never had a, a, a biological weapon that was very useful for targeting. Now, if you look at this virus, this virus has done much more damage, but we don't hear any conversations about how it's aerosolized or why it's aerosolized. You know, one of the things I did was I talked on antivirus air about how you can exhale live virus. Well, maybe that freaks out the people at you know, Fort Detrick in the army, or maybe it freaks out the CDC, but people have a right to know how processes spread. You can't keep the population stupid just because you don't want them to be able to have knowledge that they could misuse. I think that's, there's something ethically unwrong. There's something ethically wrong with that. People have to be, under, have to be able to understand things for themselves to make educated decisions. And that is what we need to do. We need to educate people. And that's why we're on this measles website. Can yeah. Dr. Aiden eat SARS? Yeah, I can eat SARS all the time. And in fact, uh, I was talking to some friends of mine and they're older people and they were thinking about the vaccine. I told them, you know, probably won't do you that much harm and probably won't do you that much good either. But, you know, you're welcome to try it. You know, freedom of choice. And I told them if they do get a positive, they can come and stay with me. Almost everybody in my family is actually immune at this point using inoculation. So we're not afraid of my father-in-law coming over or my mother-in-law coming over when she's infected. We even let our, our, some of our longstanding patients that we're great friends with come over. So that doesn't bother us at all. So at any rate, let me go get my battery charger for this thing. I'm about to about to die on the vine here. I'll be back in 60 seconds, okay? Now I'm back in. I'm back online. You there? Yes, I am. All right. Now ask, uh, ask me another question. Okay. So back to the next question involving uh, you, uh, is measles spread as an aerosol? 
you know, here's what I wanted y'all to hear, okay? Originally, if you remember back, one of the biggest arguments was it's an aerosol. It is spread as an aerosol. And it's spread because in your alveolus, your alveolus vibrates when you make noise and you're able to literally exhale charged particles. And I actually applied for a patent for that over in China. Now, they denied that it was an aerosol because they were trying to sell people on the idea of surgical mask. And surgical mask may make you feel like you're part of the community, but they have minimal, and I do mean minimal, effect on preventing the spread of that, vi of that virus. And the virus is, is cur currently mutating into forms that are better aerosols. It's better at spreading. And they still are not talking specifics. All they'll do is Fauci will come out and say, you know, uh, guess what? It's spread more rapidly now. And, and it's much more rapidly spread. Well, you know, there's this case over in China. There's one, one person spread it to 100 people. Well, to actually immunize, once it becomes that visible, you would have to immunize 99% of the population if it's a, one person could spread to every 100, if that becomes the average. Those type of vaccine numbers have never been reached. You know, we have measles on our screen. The reason measles is, is measles aerosol spread? It is, it is ex exactly aerosol spread. And so measles hasn't been stamped out and neither is SARS-CoV-2 gonna be stamped out. Now go ahead and ask, ask me the ne next question there, champ. Is SARS-CoV-2 spread as an aerosol? Yes. And that is something that measles and SARS both share. Measles can stay in the air two hours. Somebody breathed into the air or then you could walk back through that air two hours later and you could inhale it. In super spreader events, that was probably going on. And what we, hey, guess what? Fauci won't even come out and explain to the American public what a super spreader event is. Oh, he's so smart. He's doing such a great job. They're gonna keep him on, yes. And yet there's no honest conversations, is there? There's no real experimentations to either prove or disprove ideas. You know, uh, it, it just, to me, it, it's, it's pathetic. But yes, it is, measles is spread as an aerosol, and so is SARS-CoV-2. And SARS-CoV-2 becomes better at spreading all the time because it's, it's better at becoming an aerosol and staying as an aerosol. Go right ahead. So that's interesting. And so basically you talked about, again, uh, SARS-CoV-2 can stay in the air longer, so that's super spare. Where is, where is measles' site of entry? Okay, here's what's strange, okay? Uh, and they want to all call this a, quote, natural phenomenon. Oh, just, you know, evolution, what, what they would call. Yeah, I bet. Okay, measles spreads through the first mucosa it contacts. It goes in right through your nose and through your mouth. And it really doesn't multiply in your mouth or on the surface of your nose. That is very different from SARS. COVID-2. It actually, you have to inhale it and it, it doesn't really multiply that very good at all on your nose or your mouth or down in your trachea or your, your small airways. It has to reach that distant, distant, very deep alveolus. And once it gets there though, it can multiply, you know, a thousand fold every 12 hours. And so in three days, you go from having one in a location to maybe nine, 10 million or nine or 10 billion or billions of them. And that's what happens. So it is, it is measles goes right into the, to the serum. Okay. Now, next question. All right. So we saw, so you talked about, does it go, uh, so go systematic. So measles is uh, basically, uh, we talked about that. measles reproduces inside your system past your epithelium. SARS-CoV-2, where it does you the most harm is when it hasn't even crossed the epithelial border, when it's still on the surface of your alveolar lung. And that surface is very super thin. Imagine saran wrap. We know how thin saran wrap is. It would be dozens of times thinner. Well, ah, it's gotta be thinner, much thinner than saran wrap, literally. 
and that virus is growing on there. And then when the saran wrap vibrates because of sound in your chest, it breaks the virus loose. Okay. So basically, where is SARS-CoV-2 site of entry? You kind of explained that already. Does inhaled COVID enter the lungs? You know, let's say, when is somebody really have problems? So if somebody comes to me and says, you know, I've contacted SARS-CoV-2, it's up in my mouth. If you do the chest CTs and you're not getting any growth down in your alveolus, guess what? You're not going to have, you're going to have very limited disease. If, however, you reach billions and billions and billions in your lungs down deep in there, you got problems. And the problem is, is that when you do begin to attack that infection, you're going to tear your lungs up. Those little alveoli are going to be nothing but sacks full of virus. They're going to rupture. They're going to tear up. They're going to go all through your system. And your body's going to have this huge immune reaction that's going to tear your system up. You're going to have wind up with lung problems and all sorts of other problems because it multiplied into billions while it was still on the surface before it ever passed into your bloodstream well. Does that, is that starting to, now measles is different. Measles, it goes first day, gets on your nose, hits your bloodstream, starts spreading all around. That is not the way. We have this long latent period with SARS-CoV-2. Uh, and actually SARS-CoV-2 is the first in world history to bypass the upper mucosa and go all the way down and only multiply for the most part down in the deep alveolus. That is the first one. And we do know it grows real well in the intestine and that's how you develop intestinal immunity. That type of spread, that type of pathology is not present in measles. Right, so it says how, so basically, where is this, you talked about the site multiplication of measles. So what's, where is the site multiplication for measles versus COVID? Okay, once measles gets on your nose, it passes into your bloodstream and starts multiplying inside your body. That means that if you already had antibodies to it, you can mount a fairly rapid immune response with, with serum antibodies. Guess what? When COVID is multiplying into billions in your lungs, you don't, it doesn't matter. It may, it doesn't matter whether you have serum antibodies that won't protect you. You need mucosal antibodies. It's a mucosal defense. Okay. So there is a huge, a big difference in the way those, the pathogenesis of those two diseases. How long does COVID multiply on the alveolus, alveolus surface of the lung? You know, it grows, remember, that asymptomatic phase that you have with SARS-CoV-2, that asymptomatic phase can last three, four, five days, sometime a week. And the longer it's there, it's growing and, and person is, is invisibly exhaling all that virus. That is not the case in measles. Now, measles is eventually spread by an aerosol. Here's my explanation for that. As measles goes through your nose, it gets in your bloodstream. And then your bloodstream spreads it back up to your lungs days or weeks later. So then it's growing all over your body. And your lungs, which have acquired it from your bloodstream, begin to exhale the virus into the room. So you can actually begin to exhale it, probably using noise too. Now, nobody's done the uh, positive exhalation of measles. And, you know, I guess the CDC would freak out even using those terms, but um, you know, they can go to my website and study some of my stuff. So, uh, you know, these are, these are, but you have to get into the pathogenesis and how this virus is spread. You have to educate people that just because you're getting a serum vaccine that might protect your serum, it could also sensitize you or make it worse when you have a billion viruses in your lung. That's not been ruled out at all. So imagine this, imagine hundreds of millions of people getting a vaccine that gives them more serum antibodies and yet they cannot stop it from initially multiplying in their lungs. On this initial infection, what about the next year or the next six months? If they don't treat it as a mucosal disease and it eventually multiplies into billions, then they may, potentially I use the word M-A-Y, may, actually have a worse hypersensitive reaction when they get the disease. 
And that is what they don't talk to you about. You know, all, and you know, here's the thing. Um, the best way to prove things is with real people. They don't even have testing programs for real people. You're not seeing them experiment on prisoners. They won't even experiment on normal Americans who want to volunteer. You know, the only people who've been experimenting with live virus in the United States has been me on me. What does that say about the people right, exactly. who are supposed to protect you? It's just, oh, we, they don't want to bend their ethical rules. You know, oh, tell me about their ethical rules when they give people immunity, when they make vaccines, they allow them to make, they can make false statements and never be held criminally liable. And then they're going to give them incentive with billions of dollars. That's who you're going to turn over your system to. And that's the system's already been turned over to them. And then people are surprised that, hey, guess what? It's still here. And that they don't have answers. Yeah, that, that's right. That's the way the- Exactly. Is yeah. measles a mucosal disease? It is not a mucosal disease. Measles doesn't grow on the surface of your nose. It doesn't grow on the surface of your lungs. It grows inside your system. So because you have systemic bloodstream antibodies, that works very well at stamping it out. Measles vaccine is very well tolerated, lasts a lifetime. Guess what? All bets are off on COVID doing that. Dream on, dream on, baby. It may even make the reaction worse in, in the next two or three rounds. And they won't prove it one way or another because, oh, they're so good at the CDC. They have their ethical rules they go by. They don't test it on themselves or anybody else. You know, it amazed me. The U.S. executed a woman who had mental problems. And yet, oh, guess what? They're willing to kill a, a woman with mental problems by execution, but they won't allow prisoners. They won't allow U.S. people to volunteer for research. That's that's that right. boggles my mind. But it's just typical about, oh, guess what? It's that, yeah, that's the way they roll. So why that's does right. measles vaccine work so well? Because since measles is a systemic multiplier, in other words, it multiplies inside your system, you can give that as an I am shot. And as long as, and it's like 95, 98% effective, it's way up there in effectiveness. You would literally have to inoculate 90% of the people or 95% of the people to keep it from spreading in a population. But once they're inoculated, guess what? It'll last them a lifetime. What they also knew and what Fauci, he acts like, he's not that stupid. I know he knows this. He is, he played, oh, he won't give you facts and details, but, and oh yeah, he knew that once it was an aerosol, it would become better and better at spreading as an aerosol. He knew that the other aerosol spread, which was measles, required a 90% vaccination rate to try to stamp it out. He knew, Fauci knew that likely once an, once a, a disease is spread expertly as an aerosol, your vaccination rates would have to be 90%. Well, guess what? Unless they vaccinate 90% of the whole entire world at one time with an effective mucosal, right. it won't stop. Exactly. Uh, it ain't stopping, Jack. Yeah. Exactly. And, and you already uh, could answer that question. Has measles been eliminated? The answer is no. No. And so will a serum response stop alveolar growth of COVID virus? You know, a lot of rabbit studies and mouse studies don't show that it does. And in fact, when the when the vaccine companies came out, I will give them this, they could have just lied through their teeth, but instead of lying, they kind of get the, their friends in the media or some doctor who doesn't know what he's talking about, put him on, on their favorite TV show, on their media that they sponsor and, and, and support. Big farmers got friends in big media. And what they'll do is they'll put they never claimed on the emergency use authorization that it prevent the spread. I myself have, have seen at least, we've had no of three people who came in and had all been vaccinated and guess what? They're still spreading and they're having some disease symptoms that may or may not be related to it. The vaccine, the intramuscular vaccines are probably, if I had to guess, they're probably about all as a one IM to another IM vaccine is probably going to have about the same efficiency on reducing overall severity of symptoms. So 
The reason why Pfizer and Moderna claimed such great numbers was Pfizer and Moderna was getting paid billions of dollars and had total immunity from any type of, 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 of protection for making false statements or doing information that was deliberately misleading. Over in China and Russia, their numbers on their vaccines are marginal, but at least their types of vaccines have been around a lot longer and been a lot, much more well-known. Unrelated virus. What's that? Are different diseases caused by unrelated viruses? You know, um, I, I don't, I, 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 I sent that question to you. I, I, I can't quite figure out what was on my mind there. So hey, ask me another one. Okay, so what? I think we're running out of time. We could go for this, but basically, we're finding out that basically measles and 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 SARS-CoV-2 are different in certain ways. To finish up this episode, and that basically a vaccine will work much better for measles based on how people contract it. Yes, and because it grows in your bloodstream, and the type SARS-CoV-2 grows on your mucosa. So if you don't have a mucosal defense, you won't stop it from spreading. And the only way in which vaccines would ever work to eliminate it is to stop the mucosal spread. And guess what? They're not even concentrating on mucosal vaccines. Are these people just stupid or do they not care or they just they can't think without somebody paying them and telling them what to say? I don't know, but that's the way it is. All right. Best place we can find information on you, Marcus, go where? Uh, you, know, you can look at the Antivirus Air website. I love it. You know, I think it is, goes direct, directly into aerosol and aerosol spread. Uh, you can also go to my, my Twitter page, uh, and I'm working on updating my digestivecovid.com. But there are solutions. We've had a lot of different. You can also go uh, on um, uh, Wynn's web, website. He's got some great stuff and great programs we've put out there. All right. Well, fantastic. Appreciate you stopping by and look forward to our next conversation. Sounds great. You take care now. All right, take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today.